What's up, shooters? This week on the podcast, we bring on Ellie Ruffridge. Honestly, probably should have been the first guest on the podcast because she has had the shooter's touch since she walked on the court back in second grade. Ellie leads the state of Iowa in scoring, assists, and three-pointers made. She scored almost 3,000 points in her high school career and made over 450 three-pointers, all while leading her team to a combined record of 100 wins and seven losses and two state championships. She had a heck of a high school career in which we get into talking about Pocahontas growing up and how she fell in love with the game and how ultimately that landed her down at Missouri State, um, where she put together a wonderful four-year career down there, uh, continuing to do what she does, shoot the basketball, have fun, and be a great teammate. We think you'll enjoy this one. Um, we, we sure did. It was fun to hear her story and get it on tape. Again, this is Elliot Ruffridge, Missouri State. Shooters, if you or someone you know is looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, I'd love to have a conversation with them. We'll keep things fun and efficient, just like we do here on the podcast. Best way to reach me is to shoot me a quick email at brian, B-R-Y-A-N, at wbrealty.com. Have a quick conversation, catch up what it is that you're looking for. Can't wait to hear from you. WB Realty. I was getting, I was getting a lot of no letters, and I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence, man. You have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. It's all about confidence. If they walk a mile in my shoes, then they can ball like I do, but my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot. Well, Ellie, welcome to the Shooter's Touch. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, excited to have you on. Um, excited to go over a little bit of your story and obviously how it connects um, to Iowa basketball. That's our main thing. But uh, um, how's school going? Where are you at? Are you, are you wrapping up? Um, what's the workload look like right now? Yeah, so I actually just finished my last undergrad final uh, yesterday. Uh, wow. But technically, like, I'm not officially done. Like, I graduate next December because I still have to complete my student teaching. But as far as, like, classes and everything goes, like, I'm, I'm finished. So that's exciting. And then basically, like, everyone I know, like, in my class graduate tomorrow. So I'm really excited and happy for all of them because um, it's a huge accomplishment and celebration. So I was going to say, it sounds like it could be a pretty good weekend then. Yeah, it's very busy. And I'm, I'm actually very overwhelmed right now because I'm in the process of moving out of my apartment, um, moving back home, um, and just getting like my summer schedule just complete. It's very overwhelming, but I'm excited for this next chapter. Well, good. And so that you kind of touched on it, but that was my next question. So where's the student teaching placement at? Yeah, so I will be student teaching at Waukee Elementary. 
And I'm actually going to be living in Des Moines with Hannah Fuller and Grace Berg. So I'm going to be in a house with two bulldogs next year, which I'm kind of excited. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I've known them for years. Obviously, I played AAU basketball with them. So I, I'm, I'm excited. That's great. Well, we're excited to get you to the metro area, too. That, uh, that's definitely a good thing. So um, what, uh, what grade or what, uh, what's the emphasis in for your, for your teaching degree? So I'm elementary education. Uh, next fall, I will be in a third grade classroom. But I really, really enjoy the upper grade levels. So third through fifth, um, I feel like I have a really good connection with uh, those grade levels and just um, I feel like there's a lot of like teachable moments like to teach and for students to grasp at those grade levels. Um, and I just am excited to make a difference um, in their lives. So I'm, I'm excited for that as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Prior, prior to me switching over to real estate, I was a fifth grade teacher. Um, and so I can, I totally understand and totally know exactly where you're at in this stage of the process and uh, um, understand what, uh, what, what you're going through. So that's exciting in Waukee School District. I mean, this is as good as any to be able to get your start in, that's for sure. Um, that you, so we always got to start, turn the hands back a little bit and where you grew up and specifically, obviously a basketball podcast. We, we want to know a little bit about how the start came, but um, we'll, we'll get to Pokey and Pocahontas. We'll talk a little bit about this, but I, first question I got to ask you, what do you, what do you remember about your first competitive basketball game? My first competitive basketball game. Okay. I was a second grader. I was playing on my pokey team I was playing up in like the fourth grade level so I was playing against fourth graders as a second grader it was in Clarion Iowa um I remember like the small it was like a small gym I don't know what school it was but it, it was super dark and I don't know little Ellie just running around hooping that that's just like really what I remember it was in Clarion I was a second grader super fun and is it, I've loved it ever since. it's so funny how you can remember those though I mean those are the things you can yeah. just, you don't remember all the details about it but you just kind of remember some of the feelings and the emotions and usually where it's at you're like hey I'm this is I'm playing competitive basketball and um, that's wild that obviously second grade for you um, was the start and so then so then how did it transition from there what uh, so did because I know eventually you made your way down and started playing all Iowa attack, but did you play with your local um, team growing up or, or what did the, the environment look like for you playing basketball as a child? Yeah. So my dad was an assistant coach for uh, Pokey girls basketball. Um, so I first, I would say started falling in love with the game. I was around it every day when I was a kindergartner and it, that was like in 2005, that was when Pokey girls made it, to state and so that's when it was all like becoming like real for me like wow like I want to be here someday like just like being around those girls like they were my role models my older sisters um so really like in 2005 that's when it all just started developing and then uh, more specifically as a second grader it just um kind of just went off from there um playing with the playing up in the older divisions with 
the pokey girls. And then when I got to fourth grade, this actually happened by accident. My dad was like on the internet, just browsing around and came across all Iowa tech and was like, Hey, like, let's give this a try. And I'm like, okay, like it's basketball. Basketball is fun. Like, let's do it. And it's like the gym where I had tryouts in it's in Ames. It's now like a, it's like a car dealership. I think like a Toyota thing or whatever. There was a gym in there. And my tryout was first with Jake Sullivan, who played at Iowa State. He's no longer here anymore. But Jake, I was like one of the first ones there. I was like doing like my shooting routine, my dribbling routine. And like my dad remembers this, but like Jake went up to him and was like, who is this? And like from there, it was just, I don't know. I was a part of All Iowa Attack. Um, came across Hannah Fuller and other girls who are still like some of my best friends to this day. Um, and then in, I think it was fifth grade, I played for Kingdom Hoops because that's when like All Iowa Attack and Kingdom Hoops kind of went their separate ways. And then went back to Attack when I was a sophomore in high school and I mean, I can't say enough about AAU basketball. I mean, if you want to get to the elite levels of basketball, I mean, it's it's AAU basketball. It is. Um, and all Iowa Tech um, is incredible um, for girls and boys in the state of Iowa. So I have nothing but amazing things to say about Dixon Jensen, um, Ken Johnson, Randy Morrow, like just the list could go on and on. The amount of places, connections that basketball has brought me um so that's yeah well, how it happened by accident <laughs> that well that's 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 crazy too i mean that's something that um we've had similar stories on, on the podcast though with um with guys you know kind of stumbling onto the au scene and finding their teams and where they need to be at um but no that's just that's really neat um so with so with you playing up at, at what point, I mean, so obviously you're not um, the tallest player. I don't think that's ever been on the, on the floor. And so at what point did it all of a sudden you kind of start to look around and, you know, start to play with that chip on your shoulder that, Hey, I, I, I kind of got something to prove um, not because of ability. Cause it seems like you've always had the ability, but maybe from a size standpoint. Um really like when I would like start hearing the comments like oh you're too short like you you really think you want to play division one basketball I think I was a middle schooler probably seventh seventh grade and I mean it never really bothered me it was just like all right say what you want to say like I'll prove you wrong kind of a thing um and I feel like a lot of it was just like like boys in my class or just classmates just like making comments like joking around like you're not good enough you won't do this like you're too short kind of a thing and I don't know and 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 here you are that's and it's funny that you say that too because that was gonna be one of the ways that I was gonna lead too it was just gonna what what advice do you have for you know a young girl out there who may be undersized but uh um is, is wants to make basketball her dream so this has always been kind of like a motto for me is like heart over height. So I have a ton of heart. Um, you tell me to do something like I'm going to do it. I'm going to work hard. 
um, not complain. I'm going to come into the gym, like with a purpose, like to get things done. And every time I go into the gym, I have like a goal in mind or like certain things that, okay, today I'm going to work on my ball handling and just have like a main focus for that day. And like each day is an opportunity to, to, to get a little bit better than the day before. And so just, I think having that mindset, um, to, to just do anything, what it takes. Um, and I, I think a lot of it, um, for me was the people I was constantly surrounded by just constant positivity and just support like, Hey, like you can do this. And that's, I think what has helped me like get through it all is, you know, it doesn't matter how tall you are or, you know, just the abilities you have right now, just keep progressing and working towards something and it'll, it'll fall into place. I think. That's great. And that, well, and I know too, from, you, you know, watching your teams in high school and you mentioned, obviously your dad is a coach. I, I feel like a lot of, um, you know, basketball players who've had success at, at all levels, a big part of that, like you said, is being surrounded by the right people um, starts at home. And then it starts, you know, with your coaches and your teammates. And I know you guys had a, had a, had a really close um, bunch that uh, obviously had a ton of success at uh, your time at Pocahontas. And um, you individually obviously was kind of, was the, the brightest light out of all that. Um, so state records in career points, assists, three-pointers made, back-to-back state titles in your final two seasons, the Gatorade player of the year, Miss Basketball in 2017, two-time basketball. So, I mean, class 3a player the i could keep i could i mean we would run out of um tape here on this podcast if i read all of your accomplishments and so um at the end of the day i know that the two that probably mean the most to you are those two state championship runs um and like i said to that that group of girls in which that you had had the ability to compete with um well why we're talking about that so your team owned a combined 107 um 100 wins to seven losses in in your career in high school which is crazy um, and so, so we know you're good. We know you had a lot of success. Which one of those seven losses burned you the most that you still remember today? Oh. Um, <laughs> specifically my freshman year losing to whole Western Christian in the regional final game to make it to state, just knowing that you were like, we were that close to being in the state tournament. It's just, I don't know. I remember that game like it was yesterday and it's still to this day. I'm just like, gosh, dang it. But like they were, I mean, unbelievable team, unbelievable program. Um, but I, you know, looking back, it was just fuel to the fire and who knows if we would have won that game, what would have happened in like the next three years. Like it just was more motivation for us. Um, I think especially for the girls in my class, like, really we don't like to lose and we were that close and I remember like we went and saw them play I can't even remember who they were playing in the state tournament but just watching whole western play um and just thinking that we could have been there on that floor in Wells Fargo arena oh I don't I mean you couldn't have asked for more motivation and um, that, that was what drove us, you know, in practices and, and games, like we want to get to Des Moines and we never looked back. So 
It, that does. It makes it, it makes a huge difference. I mean, that's something, like you said, that uh, that's kind of the motivator, especially your freshman year. I feel like, you know, the first time, you know, not everybody obviously gets to play their freshman year, but your first varsity experience and when it comes to an end, it's, it's kind of the one that you get an opportunity to think back and use as motivation. And so um, remind me, so then what, where, what happened the sophomore year? Uh, did you guys make it to say, I can't remember. Um, how did your sophomore year go? Sophomore year, we, I think we lost, what happened sophomore year? I think we lost to Nevada. Oh, oh it could have been. They were really good that year. Yeah. 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 That, that would have been like with, uh, Allie Faye and Cass. Is it Cass yeah. Yeah. Those girls were good that year too. Yeah, they were. And then your junior year have an opportunity yep, got <laughs> what's that I think we got redemption on them I think you did you're right it was so it was you two in the finals again so yep so that's right so they wanted that previous year or no you guys came down that's right and you played them in the finals and and beat them and and then um yeah that's right that was a great year so that was your junior year and then yeah. what, what do you remember about your senior campaign obviously the last hurrah you're collecting all these awards and um, everything along the way, but what was, what was that championship game like your senior year? It was special. Uh, it was bittersweet because, you know, you're going into that championship game and no matter if you win or you lose, like it's the last time you're putting on, you know, your Indian Jersey and just, I mean, I've played with those girls on my team. I think I can't even remember how many seniors there were of us like seven, maybe, I mean, playing together with them since probably we we're fifth graders and it's just all coming to an end that night. It's just so many emotions just fill you. And I remember we played pretty well that game. Uh, we had like a, a pretty decent lead. So just getting like taken out of the game, having that like special moment and that embrace with my dad was, was very special for me. Um, but then just like looking around and just tears of joy with uh, my, just all my teammates. And then looking into the sea of red, like all the Pocahontas red, it's just like the best view ever packed in Wells Fargo arena. Like, I don't know, three years of that. It's, it's pretty rewarding. Um, it, yeah. And I will say, I mean, Pocahontas, you guys, obviously started a little bit of the momentum, like you said, all the way back in 2005. But yeah, those last couple of trips down there, um, you know, from a bird's eye, being able to see you guys, you guys had to community support. It, your fan base was was there in, in many, and it was a lot of fun to watch you guys and had to be definitely special for you to, to end um, your career the way that you wanted and in um, the place and, and the way that, you, and how you wanted. So that was great. But um so kind of rewinding a little bit back on this, what, what was the recruitment process like for you um, during your time in high school? Um, ultimately, kind of, you know, what what helped guide your decision making? I know, obviously, through the All-Iowa Attack program, um, you know, recruiting is not an issue. You guys are, are playing on in the brightest lights and, and being noticed. But uh, what do you remember about the recruitment process? So for me personally, I did not enjoy the recruiting process at all. I mean, you, like as a young kid, you, you just want to play basketball. And then all the hype comes, you start getting looked at by all these different coaches. So 
you, you start getting in contact with this coach from this state, this coach, like from out West or like wherever in the country. And it starts to get very overwhelming because you get more mail emails. Like it's just constant. And then you have to start like narrowing down. Okay. Who am I going to talk to today? And you kind of have to like make a schedule. Like these phone calls are long, long conversations because you're trying to build relationships with all these different people and just like getting to know each other. So I remember like it would be in the summer. And as a kid, like I want to go be with my friends. I want to go to the pool or like do things because like I'm on like a time crunch because, you know, basketball is pretty overwhelming in the summer. I remember I would have to like, plan out my days like okay I'm gonna talk to this coach for an hour and then I'm gonna eat lunch and then I have another phone call it was just constant like just I loved it because you got to meet like a ton of people but also I hated it at the same time because I mean it's a big decision like this is like hopefully the next four years of your life like and these are the people that you're hopefully going to be around. So it's just, it's a lot as a young kid to kind of process. So that that's kind of my recruiting process. And for tips for, for girls listening out there, I would just try as much to enjoy it. <laughs> um, again, like you're talking to incredible people and meeting new people. Um, but it's just, it's, it's a lot for a young girl. And um, as you get older, one thing I wish I would have done more is take more official visits. Um, when I started narrowing down my two colleges and then I ended up choosing Missouri State, I was a junior. I was just starting out my junior year of high school. And I mean, that is relatively young. And I wish I would have like, um, taking the time to like travel and I guess see what my other options could have been. But, uh, now that my four years at Missouri state are done, it was the best decision I could have chosen. So I don't know. It's just, that was kind of a lot of information, but it's, it's a crazy process. No, that's, and that's exactly what I wanted to know and wanted to hear. Um, it seems like, I mean, anymore in the way that, um, some of this, the recruitment and the contact and stuff can, can happen. And even with scholarships being moved and players moving and the transfer portal and all that stuff, it seems like it is getting younger and younger. I mean, even the fact that you were, had a chance to wait till your junior year with all of your accomplishments that you had um, almost seems like a blessing because anymore it's like, Hey, if you're not deciding by your sophomore year, like that scholarship may or may not be there because, you know, these, these programs only have so many scholarships and they're trying to figure out who and where is going to take them. And which I think is unfortunate that you have to, like you said, you don't maybe have as much time as you should to be able to make that big of a decision and go visit and, you know, spend some time with these programs. Uh, like you said, you're going to spend the next four years with, but uh, yeah, no, it sounds like we're, we're going to get there next, but it sounds like you definitely made the right decision. Um, and, and hopefully, I mean, you mentioned summertime and how busy that is. And uh, one thing I do remember about Pocahontas, they had a pretty nice pool complex. I don't know. This was obviously way back in the day, but you get to, to the Pocahontas pool every once in a while, Dan. Yeah, it's, it's a nice little pool. Um, I prefer the lake more, but you know, I'm not going to complain with the body of water. Um, like I said, my time in the summer when I was younger was very limited because it was just basketball, basketball, basketball. 
Well, and you spend a lot of time in the car too, because Pocahontas to Ames is a little bit of a track. It is. So one of my my biggest problems in, I guess, middle school, high school was leaving school like on time so I could get to practice on time because, you know, it's a drive and people, I mean, have told me, told my parents, like, you're crazy. Like you're going to practice like two hours away. Like, cause we would have to, when I was with kingdom, we would have to drive like two hours. And then with Ames, I mean, it was another hour or so, but just lots of bonding times with, with my parents. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's something that even when we had Hannah on, she was talking about coming from West Des Moines, she was getting out of school early to go and and practice up there. So I, I would imagine you definitely, definitely had some time, but, uh, it sounded like it was, it was all worth it. Um, you mentioned about, so that your 2017 all Iowa attack class, I think I saw on the website where there's 20, like 21 or 23, um, kids that ended up going and, and playing college basketball. Um, so you guys had a, had a, a loaded class um but got runner up that year what's what's the deal with the with the national runner up in 17 couldn't couldn't get them over the hump or what no couldn't get over the hump like I said I mean we have these with all Iowa attack these incredible opportunities to travel the country we're playing against the best competition like it's unbelievable the amount of like opportunities and experiences you get to you know have and again it just is exposure to what is really out there and um I feel like some people like especially in like small towns don't really grasp the idea that like competition is so much more it's just crazy once you get out of your hometown your home your home state like there's so many bigger and better things out there and like for me to experience that as a young kid it just again, gives you that mindset going into the gym that you really have to work as hard as you can because there are better players out there getting better than you. And it's funny I say this, but if there was ever a time where I was just like chilling out or not playing basketball, my dad would joke around and be like, someone's getting better than you right now, Ellie. And I hated that so much. But like he would like jokingly say it, but like I did not like that. So then that would make me grab a basketball and head to the gym. So it just gives AAU basketball again, just gives you that, just that winner's mentality that like, there are so many more better players out there. And like, you have to do whatever it takes to, to get to that level. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of hard work. Speaking of speaking of some of that hard work, uh, maybe rumors, but I've I, I've heard whispers of what your shooting regimen and routine look like in high school. Can you can you fill us in a little bit as far as what the what the daily attempts were from from behind the arc? Uh, about a thousand. I th- I feel like there were days where I kind of lost track because you just get in the zone. And you're like, how many shots have I actually taken today? And you just get in that frame of mind and that, I guess, zone. Um, But my goal every day was to at least get like 500 made shots up, but then a thousand and I would just work my way up. Uh, But really, I I said this earlier, but every time I got into the gym, I wanted to make the most out of it because, you know, time is precious. And 
I mean, with my dad being the athletic director at Pocahontas, like I had access to the gym really whenever I wanted. So that was amazing. But just getting in, working on my ball handling and shooting the ball. That's awesome. A safe place. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, all right, before Adam transitions us over to the college career and how things um, went for you down there, but uh, I, I did pull up. So, so you were right. Um, your sophomore year would have been a, a 54-58 loss um, to Nevada uh, to, to end the career in your sophomore year. It looked like only two losses that year. You lost to them and you lost to Newell Fonda, which surprised me a little bit um, at Newell Fonda that your sophomore year, obviously Newell Fonda, um, a really good program, but, uh, you know, smaller, smaller community. And so that, that must've motivated you guys. Cause then you went on a little bit of a tear after that, but, uh, just, just putting that in, in your bank there a little bit for some, some motivation here as you move forward. So that's yeah, funny that's motivation. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Hey, with, with all those shots you got up, were you, uh, shooting on the gun, Dr. Dish, was your dad always there rebounding? Would you, uh, what was the machine of choice in the gym? So when I was younger, my dad was my gun. So he was my rebounder. Uh, we had like our own little like routine that we would do. Um, and then as I got older, uh, I, I used the gun a lot. Like that was my thing. And I know like shooting off the gun is like kind of not realistic. Like, um, like not really like game speed or whatever, but just like it helped me with my, my arc, um, quicker release, um, and just repetition, getting so many shots up, which is great. Like I loved it. And then, uh, as I like got older, I would start doing more like off the dribble stuff. Um, but I would say for getting most of my shots up, it was the gun for sure. Yeah, like you said, not not necessarily a game game speed type thing, but uh, you know, definitely efficient, and you can do it uh, and you can do it by yourself. So that always helps too. You know, have somebody else there. Yes. Um, so as Brian said, let's talk a little bit about Missouri State. Um, uh, what was obviously talk a little bit about the thought process um, and committed before your junior year. You said, um, what made you decide that Springfield was the location you wanted to go to? So I think about this a lot because it would have been so easy for me to stay in Iowa, commit to a school in Iowa, because I would have been closer to home, which my family is my world. But there was just something about Missouri State that I was just like, I am staring right at my future. Like, it just felt right. And... I don't even, like, I remember the night I committed, Missouri State actually lost to Oklahoma State. So why a girl would choose to commit after they, a team just lost, I have no idea. But <laughs> I remember, like, just being around, I think, my brother Shay and my dad, and I'm like, all right, I'm committing. Like, I'm going to call Coach Kelly Harper up, and I'm going to commit. And I think it, like, took them off guard a little bit because they're like, what? Like, okay like they are happy for me but at the same time they're just like this is kind of out of the blue which it was like I don't know there was just something telling me like you need to go to this place like this place is special and I called Kelly up and she right off the bat she was like this is great news I know it's going to be great news and I committed and yeah that's awesome <laughs> 
some, sometimes you just got to go with your gut, you know, yeah. and uh, obviously it worked out for you. So um, I'm old enough to be in, to have been in Springfield when Missouri State was Southwest Missouri State. So SMS, as we used to call them. Um, so I've been there a couple of times. Is there anything, any type of, I mean, a building that uh, John Q. Hammonds doesn't have his name on? Oh my goodness. Everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. It, it is crazy. Is there a building that that is not named after him? I mean, I didn't I didn't see one when I was down there. <laughs> True. <laughs> I think we'll, just, we'll just go with no. <laughs> I think every building here in Springfield is named after that man. Yep. Yep. Very. Uh. I, I guess a very obviously a giving man, which is which is awesome, which is awesome. Um. So a question I like to like to ask. Uh. Uh players we talked to players in college um what was the biggest transition from high school basketball to college basketball um in your game in your mind yeah so coming to college obviously is a is a lot different than high school like just the athleticism i the expectations just everything you have to switch your mindset to um oh man I will say, I will be completely transparent with you. My freshman and sophomore year here were not the greatest because mentally, emotionally, I was all over the place. Not only was I homesick, but I just felt like basketball in general was just, it was not going particularly well for me. Uh, I just, I felt like I wasn't like playing, performing the way that, you know, obviously I could do in high school but it was just like, what am I doing kind of a thing? Um, but then like my junior and senior year, obviously I felt more free and loose, uh, was getting like more accustomed to the, the college level. Um, so it was very eye-opening for me. Um, just like the speed of the game changes, the physicality, just everything is a notch above than what it was before. And like, I knew that coming in, but you don't really know the extent of it until you actually experience it. And that was especially hard for me. Um, also just balancing school and, you know, social life and other things. It just gets very, very overwhelming, especially your freshman year. So you just gotta, again, take it day by day and surround yourself around people who are going to, help motivate you and keep you just on solid ground so yeah and you know i uh we we have both experienced that as well you know you mentioned a couple of things there you know going from high school basketball to to the college level you just don't know how how much everything's going to be up a notch um so hard to predict there and and you mentioned it i mean at that point you know your job is to play basketball and you also have a job in school um, and so it's, it's, uh, I mean, I went through the same thing. My freshman year was real tough, uh, with, with balancing those two. So it's hard to do that. Um, a lot of time management or how did you get through that? So school, school has never really been like an issue with me. I'm a very good student, very organized. Um, I'm a planner. So, you know, if I have an assignment or anything, like I'm going to get it done on time. I'm going to, I'm going to give it all I got um but like just writing it down for me just made me accomplish it and if I didn't write it down then I 
there was no telling when I would get to it. But just staying organized for sure, time management, um, and also not being afraid to reach out to resources. I feel as if kid, like kids are like more reluctant to do that. Like if you need to ask help, it's, it's almost like a sign of weakness. But when you get to college, like, no, use your resources, utilize like your advisors, your professors. Um, there are just so many resources out there that I, like kids are oblivious to because they, they just don't want to take the time to reach out and ask for help. Well, you need to do that. Um, and it's okay to ask for help sometimes. And, um, you know, if you're getting your education paid for, you might as well you know, use all that you got down here. So use all the resources for sure. Um, yeah. Well, a couple more questions about your, your, uh, I guess your playing career. So from high school to college, right? Talked about transition there. Um, <clears throat> what was the transition like, I guess, mentally um, in high school, I'm assuming you had the ball in your hands a lot um, in college. I'm assuming at least not as much as in high school. So what was that transition like? Um, was it easy for you? Was that kind of hard, hard to grasp onto in a, essentially really a new role at Missouri state? Uh, it was hard, very hard. Cause you know, for me, I'm kind of like going from being, I guess you could say the superstar from my hometown to my state to going to Missouri state. And it's just kind of like, Oh, well, who is this girl? I mean, she did all this stuff back in high school. She's not really doing that in college. So that was kind of like a wake up call for me, which, um, my, my role definitely changed. Um, you know, I, didn't start any games until my senior year. Um, I played in every single game, but I feel like each role or each year, my role changed. But as I got older, like it was um, like at a more like higher level, like we need Ellie to do this, this, and this. Like looking back from my freshman year, like I would maybe come in and make a three or make a good pass or something like that. But as I got older, it would, it changed, but um, another thing was just, uh, sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> it, it was, how did, how was the transition, I guess, kind of mentally from, you know, high, high school having the ball in hand all the time and, you know, kind of going through, as you mentioned, from your freshman year, you know, maybe coming in making a three and then transitioning up the ladder to uh, your senior year. Yeah. Okay. Um, so at, at first it was hard to like, kind of accept, Cause you know, you're, you're going from always constantly having the ball in your hands, your teammates and people like looking at you to make like the game winning plays and like these plays. And that wasn't me. Um, so that was something to get you. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, my freshman and sophomore year were just, they were hard for me mentally. Um, and it came to a point where like there would be games or days where I would call my parents like in tears, like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know if I made the right decision coming here, like just rethinking everything. And finally it got to that point where my dad was like, Ellie, you need to do what is best for you. You need to talk to your coaches. So I like, after I got off the phone with him, I made like this game plan to like go in and talk to Kelly Harper, um, who was my coach at the time. Like, uh, Kelly, this is like on my mind kind of thing. What is best for me going forward? And so I, I prepared that whole like meeting as I would at like a game. 
because preparation comes with performance. None of that mattered because the second I walked into her office, emotions. So I don't remember what all happened in that meeting, but uh, I knew after I left that meeting and I had that conversation with her that everything was going to be okay and that I am in the right place. I just need to keep working and trust, trusting the process, I think was big for me moving forward and it all worked out in the end. So, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, what about, you mentioned the first couple of years, uh, were, were kind of rough for you. So, um, was that always on your mind that, Hey, maybe this, this wasn't the right decision. Cause I feel we talk about it all the time and, you know, a lot of people talk about it, but you know, the, the transfer culture that's going on in college basketball, uh, men's and women's side of, Hey, this, this year wasn't the best for me. I'm just going to go somewhere else. Maybe it'll be better there. Um, was that ever on your mind, um, when you were going through that? So, I mean, I'd be lying if I said the thoughts never crossed my mind, but my parents raised me. Um, and I really value this. Like if you start something, you're going to finish it. And I've always had that mentality. Um, and I, and I'm not saying that's the case for everybody. You truly at the end of the day have to do what is best for you. And like mentally you need to be in a great place because it can really affect you moving forward. Um, but for me, deep down, I knew that Missouri state was the best possible place for me to be. But the challenging part was I wasn't close to, or like to drive home to see my family. So I think homesickness really is what got to me the most and what was really um, tough for me getting through that process. But again, I have, I have met incredible people down here in Springfield and at Missouri State University who helped me get through that process. Um, it was not easy. It took a lot of time. But I think the culture nowadays is if something gets tough or you can't handle it, the easiest thing to do is to answer the transfer portal and go somewhere where you think is going to be better. And that's not always the case. And sometimes in life, you just got it. You got to work it out. It's, it's going to be tough. Um, my freshman and sophomore year were the toughest years of my life. I hope I never have to go through some of that ever again. But because I went through all that adversity and challenging times, I am, I am a better person, a better basketball player. Like, have grown so much as an individual because of all of those things that I went through. And I talk about this like with my professors because they ask like, well, what's gonna make you a great teacher kind of a thing? Well, because of what basketball has brought me, like all like the smiles, the tears, like challenges and memories, I will be able to relate to like kids and help them get through tough times because I've been there. And so I, the game of basketball has just really opened my eyes to a lot of things. And I, I am thankfully glad that I went through those, those years, because I, I don't think I would be where I am right now if, if those things didn't occur for me. Yeah, it's easy sometimes to take the what would perceive to be the easy way out, but that's not always the right way. And so the old adage that the grass is greener where you water it, and it sounds like uh, you took that to heart and 
um, put the time in and put the work in. Now you, you kind of sloughed off a little bit as far as um, saying, ah, you know, I didn't start a whole lot, but our stats department here has you starting in 16 games. And do you know what your team's record was in those 16 games that you started? We're 16 and now. Yeah, exactly. That's what <laughs> I like to hear. So, so I, I don't know. I mean, never going to call into question any coaching decisions, but maybe, maybe that, uh, I mean, what would have happened if that was 25 and oh, maybe I would have been on a little bit different level, right? If we could have got 25 starts in. Hey, you know, that wasn't my decision. And again, like I can't say enough about my coaching staff uh, that I had when I first came to Missouri state or that the staff I have now, um, you know, they make the call. I, I love them all. And they, they do what is best for the team and to hopefully get a win at the end of the game. So, um, and a lot of it just has to do with like matchups and game plans, which was uh, like going into the NCAA tournament, um, me coming off the bench. I mean, I played pretty great. Didn't really matter if I started or I didn't start. Um, and that's another thing. I feel like kids these days get so wrapped up in am I starting am I doing this and that when you get in just make the most of it and if you're playing well I your coach is probably going to leave you in because who wants to lose they're going to play their best players who work hard and and you know play the game the right way yeah uh that several things there one nobody wants to win as much as the coach and so they're trying to do everything <laughs> that they can to get to get a victory but uh two to your second point uh uh, and maybe Adam will go over these quick too, but uh, NCAA numbers and what you did in the NCAA tournament, uh, big game hunter right there for sure. And I can only think that that goes to your um, story and your experience going back to your freshman and sophomore year. And you don't know until you kind of experience um, same thing from big games type situations. Obviously from a young age, you played in a lot of games, um, you know, AAU, two state championships, and so you, you gain a lot from experience and you had a lot of experience growing up. And when the lights were the brightest in the NCAA tournament, uh, you showed up and, and did what you do, do best and shot the ball really well. I did shoot the ball really well. <laughs> it's yeah. about time. <laughs> as, you, uh, as, you, as you said, Brian, perfect transition there. Um, obviously, your entire career down in Missouri State, um, a lot of success down there. But if we're specifically talking about this year, you know, number one in the NCAA tournament, um, obviously to make it there is a huge deal. But to have it, uh, you know, after last year, um, even bigger deal. So, sorry, talk to us a little bit about that. You know, the end of the season, um, you know, hearing you guys' name called, uh, what did that feel like after, after last year specifically? Uh, so this year was a little different and challenging at times too. Um, but just like just having the opportunity to play this year, just grateful for that. A um, lot of highs and lows with the season with like shutdowns from COVID. Um, I don't even think we had like our full roster until like the end of February, beginning of March, because one girl or two girls would be out from COVID. And like um, we had a couple players who it took them a really long time to get their their health back um, like to playing, to playing, um, competitively. So we just going through all of that and just, again, taking it day by day. I mean, you never know, like we could be playing Drake and they could have had a positive case. Well, there's the weekend where we can't play. So just having the flexibility and just staying together 
I think is what really made us successful. And again, like you mentioned last year, we didn't have the opportunity to play in the Missouri Valley Conference tournament or go to the NCAA tournament. And that is just still, it's just not knowing what could have happened. It just, you ask so many questions, you work so hard to get to March and to punch your ticket. And that's all just gone abruptly. And you can't even wrap your mind around what is happening. So just getting the opportunity to play and then to go to San Antonio this year was amazing. It was a lot different because, I mean, we were in a bubble. I mean, you have all these teams in one location. It, it was it was an experience, to say the least, but it was a it was a blast. Um, even though we had like so many like just uncertainties this year, this was probably my favorite year of college basketball um, because for one, it was my last season of playing basketball. And I, and I knew that at the beginning, um, there was always like the questions, is she gonna take her fifth year or not? Well, it was always kind of in the back of my mind that this is it for me. And I think that's what made it even more special for me to just really soak it up and to just have fun. And just playing in San Antonio, um, I made the most out of it and I couldn't have asked for a better ending. I couldn't have, I mean, a win would have been nice, but. <laughs> well, I mean, you did get a couple wins. We did, but you know, yeah. we lost, we lost Stanford who are now the national champions. Yeah. I mean. Right. Yeah. And I'm looking at these games here too. So, so you, uh, UC Davis, Wright State, a couple blowout wins. Um, looking at your stats, your stats, right, right, um, right here specifically, as you mentioned, you shot the ball, ball pretty well. Um, so that had to be, um, that had to be a good feeling and then run into the number one overall seed. Um, and, uh, you know, make it to the sweet 16, which, which is awesome. I mean, the top 16 teams in the nation, that has to be a great feeling. So talk to us about that, that game against Wright State. I mean, it didn't even look like it was it was close besides at the beginning, obviously, but um, it didn't look like it was close. So what, what, what was that feeling after that game, um, after that buzzer sounded against Wright State? That feeling, that was, that was amazing because it was like, we really just made it to the Sweet 16 again, like back to back, like as a mid-major, I mean, that is crazy. And then again, not knowing what could have happened last year, like, would the, could this have been like a three P almost like you just, you just have questions gone through your mind. But after that buzzer beater, I mean, just that feeling of just accomplishment and knowing that our, our team really just did that. Like it is special and you don't really know how special it is until you actually get to experience it. And I mean, I've said this in a lot of like my interviews, but as a, a young girl, you dream of, you know, winning high school, basketball championships you dream of playing division one basketball and then hopefully one day playing in the NCAA tournament well for me I've played in two sweet 16s like that is just like I never would have dreamed of that like it's just it's crazy to even get to say that and it's just it's very special and rewarding um especially just having the tight-knit group um that I, that I've played with for the last three four years it's just, it's very rewarding 
And again, it all goes back to just trusting the process and just constantly surrounding yourself by the people who, who are going to believe in you and, you know, make you work for it every single day. And that's exactly what we do here is we make each other better, better, uh, hold ourselves accountable to the highest standard on and off the court. And the girls that I have been surrounded by and the coaching staffs have been unbelievable. So just when that buzzer goes off, it's just all of those things just come rushing to you. And it's just one of the best feelings that anybody or any athlete could experience. Right. And, and as a competitor, um, assuming that playing the best competition is something that, you know, you and other competitors strive for and, you know, you run into the number one overall seed. Um, and, uh, you know, there's been a trend during this entire episode that you seem to be the perfect guest for a podcast called the shooters touch, but in reading some of, um, some of your stats in, uh, six NBA tournament games, you were 15 for 23 from a three point line, <clears throat> specifically against Stanford, uh, you were 18 points. And in the fourth quarter alone, you had four threes. Um, and so, I mean, playing incredibly well against great competition. Um, obviously the ending is not what, what, uh, you, you would have wanted or the team would have wanted, but looking back on that, you know, playing as well as you did against that competition, what does that say about you as an athlete? And, you know, um, I guess, what do you, what did you draw from that? What do you take from that, uh, here moving forward? Um, just that I'm a competitor and, uh, you know, I've never liked to lose, even though we did end up losing to Stanford. Just uh, for me, um, you know, as the game kept progressing, it didn't really look that promising that we were going to pull it off. So just until the final buzzer went off during that game, just giving it all I had, um, because I mean, that I knew that that was, you know, probably going to be the, ba- the, the last basketball game I, I played in. And just embracing it all um, as when it all started as a second grader until senior in college, uh, it, it's just crazy all the games I played in and just experiencing all those overwhelming emotions during that game. Um, just, it, it's just crazy. Like I was happy, I was sad. Uh, but just thankful that it all happened, like leading up until that point. And it's just, it's a lot to, to take in and to soak up. And it, it, ha- it didn't really hit me until when we got back to Springfield and all the girls like kind of got back together and like, this is it, is when it really settled in that I'm actually done. Um, but I think what it says about me is that I, that I just, kept doing the things that all brought me to the game to begin with is to give it all you have, uh, just passion, um, and all the dreams I had as a, as a young girl and just accomplishing all that, you know, as a, as a girl, I didn't really like the plan was never to be the all time leading scorer or this and that it just happened. And it just happened in the NCAA tournament where, I scored all these points. I had all this success. And that's, that's about all I can say. I just have been playing this game for so long. And I just let those games come to me and started to get in a rhythm, a flow. 
And as a shooter, you know, you're, you're going to shoot the ball. You're going to shoot to make. And as great of a shooter as I am, like my coaches get mad if I'm not shooting and if I pass up a shot. So I will say there were shots that I did pass up, but any shot that I shoot, I feel like it's going to go in. And I just, at the NCAA tournament, just let the games come to me and that's shoot, it. <laughs> shoot, shoot or shoot. That's what we talk about on here all the time. That's what you got to do. Shoot or shoot. So no, that's uh, like you said, not the way that you wanted to go out, but for you individually, I had to, had to feel a little bit, um, like you said, bittersweet, a little relief that you're like, Hey, playing against the best team in the nation um, ultimately. And uh, all your hard work and everything that you did leading up to that moment, obviously paid off um, and you were able to have some success, but then, um, this game in which that you've poured so much into obviously coming to an end, um, and you know, now wondering, I mean, what, so what does it look like? What, when's the next time you're going to lace them up? I mean, is there, is there some, some city leagues or something? I mean, what, what does it look like? I mean, you can't just well, be done playing basketball. I mean, being in Waukee, Brian, maybe, uh, he may be giving you a call the next time he, he laces them up too, to get on his team. We would take you on the Grimes, Grimes City <laughs> League team any day. That's for sure. Any, any opportunity to get into the gym, I'm all for it. Uh, no, I don't really know what's going to happen. Um, I mean, this summer, I'm going to go home, live back home in Pocahontas. And the plan is to do a ton of like private lessons um summer camps which I'm still like working through that um with like gym availability and times so hopefully fingers crossed I get that all released tomorrow and start filling up my schedule for hey please sign up for lessons just uh giving back to my hometown the state of Iowa and just um I just want to spread that passion to other young girls who have dreams of, you know, playing at the next level and just being around the game of basketball. So I'm excited to do a lot of that this summer. Um, but coaching, I feel like is, is in my future as well. Uh, there's definitely going to be some opportunities to Waukee going to two high schools. They're going to need some help. I mean, you're going to be right there. Student teaching. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get you hooked up here. Don't worry about that. <laughs> that's great. Well, that's an, that's an awesome story. Ellie, it was, I mean, I got goosebumps a couple of times. That's how, that's how great a story it is. So um, we appreciate you sharing that with us. And uh, we'd like to end our podcast um, with a little section called rapid fire, where Brian's going to hit you with a couple of questions, some about basketball, some not about basketball. And you just, uh, you tell us the first thing that comes to the top of the head. All right, let's do it. All right. First one we always lead with. Um, favorite visiting gym or arena that you've played in? Oh, my goodness. And this is kind of tough because I've heard uh, JQH's. I've never been to the new one, but I've heard it's pretty phenomenal. Okay. I love JQH. Like, it's a special place to play in. So, definitely the Q. I mean, my all-time favorite place is either – the Pocahontas gym or Wells Fargo arena. Like those are just top notch, very special to me. Um, I'm not going to lie playing in Hilton Coliseum. That was pretty cool. Cause you grow up as a kid, like, Oh man, like 
Iowa State wins women's basketball or Iowa State men's basketball and then just actually playing there and then beating Iowa State it's kind of a cool feeling that's those are there's a lot of good reasons to mention that one. and I was saying yeah. Hilton Hilton's been mentioned a few times on the podcast too so um <laughs> all right so so we know how good the the pool is in Pocahontas but where, where's the best place to eat where's the best place to eat in Pocahontas um the home plate home plate it's not, it's not right. called the home plate anymore because somebody bought it out i'm trying to think what it's even called now i think it's called johnny b's now but to so, me to me it will always be the home plate home plate all right we, yeah we know small town iowa we know how that goes it, you can change names but you're yeah, you never it names, never actually but... changes <laughs> no absolutely it sounds it sounds like some just some high-end bar american food right there at the home plate so we're adam and i are down for that so we're, we're good with that um all right so maybe a two-part question with this so who's the greatest female basketball player of all time oh, and it man. and also the second part why you think about that was there someone specifically that you looked up to um you know back in your younger elementary high school that uh you kind of tried to replicate man or woman but uh so two parts so who who was some one of your idols growing up and then who's the best female player female player okay the best female player i would probably say sue bird or diana tarazi studs good, good answers i don staley too i was a huge don staley fan back in the yeah. day so she could go yeah, dollar pretty, pretty good coach too if i must yeah she knows what she's doing decent <laughs> <laughs> and favorite all-time athlete is that what you asked me or someone that you looked up to or you know some role model that you kind of tried to emulate a little bit yeah there there are so many is there an iowa state shooter or somebody that you were just kind of um i wouldn't say there was like one in particular that i was like wow i want to be like her or like wow he's awesome um, but what, what about, I, at least I know as a kid, and you mentioned that 2005 run that those, um, Pocahontas went on how, and you experienced this from the other side, but as a varsity player, like those little kids look up to you so much too. I mean, I remember being, um, you know, guys who would en end up being friends with, but at the time I, I looked up to those high school kids all the time too. And was like, man, I just want to play varsity basketball. Oh, for sure. And like, for me, I mean, I, this is how it is for every kid but like you watch their every move you listen to whatever they say you just everything that they do is so cool to you and you know as you get older you have to start to realize well that is now me and that is what young girls and boys are looking and hearing me you know do and stuff so it's kind of it puts everything into perspective that you you need to be careful with you know what you do and what you say especially on like social media and whatnot and, so it's yep. very it's very rewarding but you also kind of got to be careful there is <laughs> some responsibility that comes with it but it's definitely worth it when you when you realize you can make an impact and obviously it sounds like you're you're well on your way to making a long lasting impact all right so favorite sports movie oh, man. okay i love radio Ooh. 
it's a new one, I think. I don't know if I, anybody said that. I say I think it's been mentioned, but I don't think it would hit that. But that's a good one. Radio. That's a good I one. Love radio. Oh, um, man. I have a whole list of sports movies that I love. <laughs> that's good. No, that's why we like to ask it. Everyone always has a list of them. But all right, so I don't feel like we're exposing you now that uh, now that you're done. But need a basket? What's your move? So what are you going to? Do you got a little? little crossover step back, a little between legs step back. You need a basket. You're going one-on-one. What's your move? I was going to say, you know, I'm on a fast break. I'm just going to pull it up from three. (laughs) But (laughs) my go-to move would probably be like a crossover between the legs. Okay. Like it. I feel like I've seen a few of those um, back in the day down at Wells Fargo. Um, What's a must-have artist or song on your pregame playlist? So, fun fact about me, I listen to every genre of music. I mean, if we're talking like 80s rock, country, pop, rap, throw in in some rap, I listen to everything. So, I don't know if I necessarily had like a go-to but as like the season progressed this year, like if I had a good game, I would listen to that playlist and I would just keep going. Cause you know, superstitious me, I can't like yeah. mix it up. Um, that, I don't know. I listened to a lot of rap this, this season, just because you're surrounded by it just with the team and I don't know but it's it's I, I mean rap music <laughs> rap music sneakers and basketball are like three things that you just you can't yeah I mean you're not going to separate them so yeah. so you got what so what I mean I, I think Hannah was throwing out some Cardi B maybe that she was bumping I mean what do you I, what do you got I am not the biggest Cardi B fan I'm not <laughs> sorry to her uh <laughs> I really like I really like Juice World. I don't okay. know if you would consider mm-hmm. him rap. Yeah. Uh, I like Drake. Everybody. That's legend. That's legend. Um, again, like, I'm bad with favorites. I don't really have, like, favorite favorite artists, favorite athletes. I have so many, like, so many to name. Oh, that's great. So, all right. Um, well, this one then maybe should be easy for you. So, Springfield to Pocahontas is, what, say, eight, seven, eight out? How far? seven hours seven hours how many times you stopping on the way um once or twice okay once for gas and to go to the bathroom but the drive home okay this is really bad i go pretty fast which (laughs) so is that so you go highway 29 up do you go highway 29 then up and over or how i'm trying to think because yeah you might or do you go which way do you go which way do you come through so I take um, I-35, yep. and then I go through Kansas City, which is like, I don't know what it's called. It's so like four. 435, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. 435. And then it's it's honestly Pocahontas to Springfield. It's like a straight shot almost. Like okay. it's such an easy drive. I, to be honest, I have driven this route for four years and I can't even tell you the actual you road that I drive no, on. No, that's not on you. Just go. Yeah. You just go, you know, the way you're like, Hey, I've done it so many times, Brian, why are you asking me this? I know how to get there. But, um, so no. two, so two stops. Is there always like that one spot where you're like, okay, if I can make it 
to where i mean do you have do you have certain spots you sound like you're pretty superstitious pretty routine driven so i feel like there's there's a, a gas station that you really like or is that not true yes and my parents were very like specific like no you're stopping here and not here like just you know worried about their college daughter driving seven hours away like no you're not stopping anywhere else you're gonna stop here it's like yes mom yes um yeah I definitely have my 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 spots that's good that's good I I knew you would I mean even from from that distance it's it's something that you just get in the car you got to plan that out and so um speaking of that so if we get our, our chance to come down to springfield and, and catch a game um where, where do adam and i gotta go and get a bite to eat in springfield before heading to the stadium ebbets is pretty cool is pretty cool it's, it's a staple ebbets what it what is it is it what kind of food the bar and grill it's it's awesome love ebbets um yeah that would be my place Perfect. We got we it. On do the, that. We got on the list. We got a good. We got a good list going too. So we, that's great. But um, all right. So last one. We'll get you out of here. But again, we appreciate your time. It's been a lot of fun. But um, we talked a lot about your basketball career um, and the relationships and the accomplishments and everything that you put in. Obviously, most specifically, looking at your time um, as a bear. What will be what will be the thing that you'll remember most, or the memory that you'll cherish the most about uh, getting an opportunity? To, to be a bear? The first thing that comes to mind is just all of the, all of the people that I have met, made connections with, and just the relationships I've made here. I mean, amazing. Like this place is so special to me. And like, if you would have asked me like four years ago, if like I would have ended up here or if I would have like met so-and-so, I, you would have been crazy. But just as the years have progressed, like just the people have been just amazing down here for me. Um, and I, I seriously do not have a bad thing to say about this place. Um, because I mean, that that's why I am talking to you two today. Um, just, just the relationships, um, really, really special to me. And of course, all like the basketball memories, but to me, the most rewarding part is the people that I've been constantly surrounded by. And I think any athlete or player can say that um, about any sport. I mean, and the reason why we do this podcast is because of the relationships that this game brings us. Obviously, the vehicle is basketball, but uh, what we get out of it is the relationships and wins and losses along the way are great uh, lessons, but uh, the relationships are the things that you hold the closest. And so Ellie, we appreciate you coming on. Um, can't wait uh, to see the Ellie Ruffridge um, shooting clinic and wish that I'll sign my seventh grade daughter up for as soon as you uh, get the flyer out. So we'll, uh, we'll get the, we'll get your lineup full as soon as we possibly can. That's for sure. Please do. <laughs> awesome, Ellie. Well, hey, yeah, like Brian said, it was great to meet you. Great to talk to you. Great to hear um, a little bit about your background and uh, looking forward to uh, what's next for you. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry if it was a lot of information all at once. I felt like I was just talking just nonstop, but I had That's a what lot we're looking for. Thank, thank you for having me. This was this was great.
Shooters, that does it for episode 83. It's hard to believe we've already done 83 episodes, but we really enjoy doing this. If you enjoy what you hear, tell a friend. That's the best thing that you can do to help support us. That or jump on wherever you get your podcast, drop a five-star review. Follow us on all social media networks, most active on Twitter. So if you aren't following us already on Twitter, we'd love to see you over there. Um, Again, thanks for your support. Anything we can do, any ideas for an episode or a guest, we'd love to hear from you. We love interactions with you guys, our fans, and we appreciate you listening. As always, shoot or shoot.